chapter twenty two of dr luttrell's first patient by rosa nuchette carey this librivox recording is in the public domain you must not lose heart cherish those that love you that if ye love ye may be loved again Moscus when greta woke on her wedding morning she was greeted by the pale wintry sunshine the weather was unusually mild for december the sky blue and cloudless and only the bare blackness of the trees and their stripped branches testified that winter had come happy the bride that the sun shines on says the old proverb and as olivia repeated the saying she felt her old cheerfulness and buoyancy return marcus had promised to meet them at the church and to return with them to brunswick place and her finery would not be thrown away it would be of course a very quiet wedding the only guest would be the lawyer mr treherne an old family friend who had undertaken to give the bride away and alwyn's best man a young artist as soon as the young couple had partaken of refreshment and greta had changed her dress they were to drive round to galveston house on their way to the station the brief fortnight's honeymoon was to be spent at st leonard's mr gaythorne had begged that they would not go very far away and alwyn had been reluctant to leave his father for a longer time olivia had promised to spend the remainder of the day with mr gaythorne and if possible marcus was to join them in the evening but she had another visit to pay on her way to brunswick place so when the broom came round she drove over in solitary state to maybrick villas mrs broderick regarded her niece with satisfied eyes why livy she said admiringly i have not seen you look so well since your own wedding day fine feathers make fine birds you are quite a striking-looking woman marcus will be proud of his wife you must not make me vain returned olivia blushing she was as pleased as a child with her beautiful dress look what alwyn has given me and she exhibited a pair of delicate gold bangles you cannot think how smart i feel for that pretty brooch that marcus gave me the day before we were married was my sole piece of jewellery mrs broderick smiled i am not much richer than you in that respect livy i never would let fergus spend his money on trinkets i told him i was far too ugly and that i preferred books there are only two handsome rings to come to you livy when i am gone but olivia frowned at this speech she never could endure to think of anything happening to aunt madge marcus was at the church door to meet her and there was unmistakable approval in his eyes as they stood together for a moment in the porch and as they walked up the empty church together each was thinking of the day three years ago when they had plighted their troth in this very church greta made a sweet-looking bride there was a chastened gravity on her fair face but no tremor as she repeated the solemn responses but alwyn was painfully nervous and looked so pale that olivia feared more than once he was ill he looked more like himself when the service was over but that he realized his responsibilities 
intensely was evident from the few words he said to olivia while greta was changing her dress i have not deserved all this have i mrs luttrell he said in his impulsive way i feel as though coals of fire were heaped upon me fancy a sweet girl like greta consenting to link her lot with mine how am i to live up to it but she believes in me and god bless her i will try not to disappoint her and there were tears in the young man's eyes as he said this good-bye olive darling whispered greta as she put her arms affectionately round her friend i am glad that we are not to be long away the dear new home will be quite ready for us and then she took her husband's arm and the little group of friends watched them as they drove away when olive went to mr gaythorne an hour later she found him looking pleased and excited alwyn is a happy man he said he has a good wife greta has tact as well as heart she will let him have his own way whenever it is possible and he will not find out that he is guided that is what alwyn's nature needs i have found that out by bitter experience and the old man sighed heavily in spite of his contentment the memory of the past was still painful and both he and alwyn would carry their scars to their dying day i am sure you will love greta dearly olivia observed she is a little shy and quiet until she gets used to people but she is so wonderfully gentle yes and she was my little olive's friend i shall never forget that but as i told you just now i have two daughters and then he laid his hand on olivia's with one of his rare gestures of affection my dear alwyn and i were talking last night i told him that he must be master here and that he must put his wife in her proper place at once i shall want little during the few months or years that remain to me just my quiet rooms and my children's affection and the society of the one or two friends that remain to me but alwyn needs more he loves society and to be a successful artist he must mix with his fellow-workers and rub against other minds he must go into the world and see and be seen i think you are right returned olivia slowly she was secretly very much surprised by this speech she had no idea how much he had brooded over this question yes he returned a little sadly i have learnt my lesson at last those young lives must not be overshadowed by a sick man's whims my son must never be able to say again that his father's house was like a jail and that he felt cramped in body and mind sooner than that with a trace of the old excitement in his manner i would rather my weary bones were laid in the earth dear mr gaythorne in a soothing voice alwyn loves you far too well ever to say or think such a thing i hope so i trust so but i would rather not put his patience to the proof my boy must be happy or i can know no peace if you will bring your wife here and stay with your old father i will never interfere with either of you that is what i said to him you may turn the house out of window if you like so that you leave me my two quiet rooms but he only laughed in my face we will see about that was all he answered but i shall prove to him that i meant what i said greta will not care for gaiety this winter you must remember that she has been used to a very quiet life that is for her and alwyn to decide returned mr gaythorne ah mrs luttrell my dear what it will be to me to hear a woman's step about the house again it will be like music in my ears and then he leant back in his chair as though he were exhausted and asked olivia to read to him 
later in the evening as she walked back with marcus she told him of this conversation and then she added he will be very good to greta i am sure of that his voice softened so when he spoke of her she is a link with the past you see but marcus as he talked he looked so old and broken that i cannot help fearing that they will not have him with them for long probably not i have hinted this more than once to alwyn and though he always turns it off i think he understands me it was his own proposition that they should only be a fortnight away now i have two or three patients to see so you must not wait up for me and tired as he was marcus walked off briskly whilst olivia lingered on the doorstep for a moment to look at the stars shining in the dark wintry sky alwyn had begged her as a special favour to him to pay a daily visit to galveston house so for the next three or four days she found it impossible to go round to maybrick villas mr gaythorne took her visits as a matter of course there was always something he wanted to discuss with her some fresh arrangement for his daughter-in-law's comfort one day he consulted her about a broom that he intended to buy as a surprise i shall get dr luttrell to choose it he said and there is a man i know at medhurst who will pick me up a pair of chestnuts my son's wife is a rich woman and ought to have a pair for her carriage there is some good stabling to be got just by and dr luttrell knows a capital coachman who has been thrown out of place by his master's death in the spring she might have a victoria but a broom will be more serviceable at this season of the year when alwyn takes her to theatres and concerts and though olivia smiled she could not but own that the broom would be a boon to greta then we will see about it at once he returned eagerly would you ask your husband to call to-morrow morning if he can spare the time and as olivia took her leave she promised to give the message to her surprise she found marcus reading by the fire he looked up at her a little gravely as she entered you are rather late are you not livy he said laying down his paper martha brought me some tea but i waited to speak to you i shall have to go out again directly let me give you mr gaythorne's message first he wants you to go round and speak to him to-morrow morning about a new broom for greta how delighted she and alwyn will be greta is not strong and does not care for walking much in the winter and she catches cold so easily it is just what alwyn wished for her yes i will try to run across to-morrow morning but i have a long day's work before me olive darling i have rather bad news for you and here he put his arm round her aunt madge is ill olivia turned very pale marcus how did you know has deb sent a message i hope oh i do hope it is not influenza i fear it is returned marcus reluctantly i met randolph and he stopped and told me he was just going there for the second time he wants to send a nurse in but deb was so against it that he did not venture to insist but i am afraid she is very ill livy i must go round at once marcus do you think you can spare me martha is very careful she will look after dot but you know and here there were hot smarting tears in olivia's eyes you know what aunt madge is to me i cannot leave her to deb marcus sighed he could not bear his wife to run the risk and yet how could he be selfish enough to deprive mrs broderick of the comfort of having her with her he knew their deep affection for each other aunt madge was her second mother few aunts were so fondly beloved i hate you to go dearest he said and yet i cannot deny 
that randolph is very anxious about her it is the prostration he fears the fever has been so high these two days she has been ill two whole days and deb has never sent for me and olivia sobbed in a heart-broken manner my dear girl you must not lose heart in this way and marcus stroked her hair tenderly let me tell you exactly how it was i went round with randolph and waited while he paid his visit deb came out to speak to me she is an obstinate incorrigible cross-grained old woman and i told her so oh i spoke my mind to her she cannot deny that she has been up for three nights and yet the mention of a nurse throws her into tantrums i have always nursed my mistress and as long as i can drag about she shall have no strangers to harass her dear soul she said defiantly now what are you to do with a woman like that i asked her why she had not let us know he went on and she confessed that aunt madge had made her promise not to send so you see deb was not to blame for that no i see and then olivia looked up in her husband's face pleadingly marcus dear you will not forbid my sitting up with aunt madge to-night deb will not mind me she knows how aunt madge will love to have me i will be very careful and do just as you tell me but i must i must be with her and then very reluctantly marcus gave his permission martha was interviewed and dot kissed in her cot and then olivia told marcus she was ready and they walked to maybrick villas almost in silence olivia's heart was too full of speech if aunt madge died she told herself the world would never be the same to her again some of the warmth and the light and the joy of life would have faded out of it she is one of my few treasures she thought marcus and dear baby come first of course but aunt madge has taken mother's place all these years she has helped me so with her wise loving counsel and sympathy while there is life there is hope livy observed marcus gently and his hand touched hers in the darkness dr randolph does not own himself beaten by any means do what you can to help deb for she is just worn out the foolish faithful creature and his voice changing do not forget me or dot and for our sakes take care of yourself and with these words he opened the little gate and left her to go in alone end of chapter twenty two